Hello, friend. It's been a while, but we are here to talk about Mr. Robot Season 3, Episode 6. Is that a pre-show? <laughs> You're tuning in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! All right, this is dropped today. This is if, creepy. I love it. If you guys it. got your e-coins, you know exactly what this is. This is from Matt Quayle. This is Hack, and you can actually see Matt Quayle on December 5th here in L.A. at the Roxy. Take it away. Um, road trip, I think. <laughs> road trip for all of us. Thank you yeah. all so much for joining us here on AfterBuzz TV's coverage of Season 3, Episode 6, Mr. Robot. Mr. I forgot Robot. I should be speaking in hushed tones. Did the song made me just want to go boisterous and be hype and all the things. This episode was so great. I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. We have the lovely two-fourths of our panel, starting with my immediate <laughs> left. Hi, everybody. I'm Leslie. You can catch me online at Leslie Face. And heck yeah, Mr. Robot talking time. I'm so excited. I love the headband, Leslie. Yeah, um, thank you. I love that. Oh, and the music comes in again. Oh. Yeah. Hello. I'm JC Rubio. Follow me at JC Rubio TV on Twitter and Instagram and and everywhere. Yeah, all and the places. Welcome to. <laughs> it feels like a pre-show for tomorrow's show. We're sorry it took forever, guys, but we're here for you because we love the show just like you. Yeah. Well, we're in the Mandela. We're, we we're, we're in the Mandela universe where Nelson Mandela died in '03. A fan let us know. You know, it's but so, that's not. It's we're not in, actually we're in the, '03. We, we know this. We, no, or no, we. He actually died in 03. We're, we are in the universe where it that actually happened. It was 03. What year was it then? He, it wasn't 93. It, That's was, the, it was like 2013. This happens all the time. Don't get Sorry. me started on Mandela Effect because <laughs> one of my theories is already paying off and I've been reading about it. That yep. everything is off by a day. Ooh. And I said that since season two with the Fentocell hack. And it's, the, you, we're starting to see it more and more. That about everything the, is off by a day. By a day. We'll get into it more in the episode, but everyone wants us to say hi. A skylight. 2013. Liberty. I was right. I okay. I questioned myself because it, everything makes Sorry. me question myself. But 2013. Sorry, the the Mandela effect gets worse when people don't remember <laughs> and the then two years. <laughs> well, like oh three. No, no one's saying oh three. I'm the one saying oh three because I'm getting it wrong. It's 2013, and then people are claiming 91 in jail. 91 in jail or 2013 out of jail. We live in the universe. We're part of the Mandela Effect version 2. The, the, the third <laughs> Mandela Effect. We're part of the version. Wave. In the 91 version, we actually did the show on time. Okay. That's, well. that's the one. In 91, though, did the show exist? Okay, I got something here from The Artist, and he calls us out so perfectly. The show never aired on Thursdays. It's always been on Tuesday. Mandela Effect. Yes! The artist knows. I love that. We He's, love you. I love it. They are being smarter about this than I am. <laughs> I I feel like we should have just owned that statement of just like, we've always done this on oh, Tuesdays. Man, we weren't clever enough. And I want to say a quick it. shout out because people always hear like St. Handles and all this. This is from our incredible chat role. This is oh, like our... Oh God, mm-hmm. I love our chat role. Yes. Yeah, so yes. if you guys hear us, just calling out names, that's from our live chat role. So when you guys come see us, watch us live, get on that chat role, let us know your theories, your thoughts, what you think about us, and where the heck is Rick? We want to know. We want answers. <laughs> Let's talk about the show. Wait, yo. no, wait. Did he... Who's that? That exist. Rick was never here, guys. <laughs> Let's get into Angela. Okay, now. okay, okay, okay. This is where they left us off last week. Okay. Yes. Um, it's kind of a, a Schrodinger's bag at this point. There still could be a pulled pork sandwich in the bag. Yeah. I could still be right. 
Yes. Seems less likely. Now, for those that do not know B. Wright, how so? Because last time we were here, that's what I thought was in the, the barbecue bag. That's what, I also thought she it was going to open it immediately and it was going to be a big thing, but like it was going to be a big false reveal, so who knows now? But in my mind... They had things to talk it's about. It's still just food. It's still at some point she's going to be hungry and be like, oh, cool, a pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> no, this episode was great. Elliot gets right to the point and just like grilling Angela. And this scene, I was just tripping out because, okay, so, you know, um, Rami Malik, oh, he has like big eyes, right? Mm-hmm. But then like his eyes just got like exponentially huge in this scene when he's grilling Angela. And I was afraid. I was like, they're going to come out of his head. He was just like, everything she was saying, it was like his head was exploding and his brain was trying to compute everything. I mean, was it just me? His eyes were crazy big during this scene. No, his eyes were crazy big. And, and the it was, camera was right in on his face. Well, it was definitely this like sense of like true betrayal. And I think yes. we as yeah. humans, we as humans tell other humans betrayal a lot where it's like, usually like you didn't invite me to Thanksgiving or something, which mm-hmm. you didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm betrayed. Oh, no. Um, but like we misuse the word betrayal a lot. So it use it loses a lot of muster. Whereas in here, it's like a genuine betra- betrayal of like, you've been lying to me and manipulating me for so long. You're the person I trusted the most, more than my sister, more than anyone, mm-hmm. you of all people. And you heard it, the score, this whole episode, I mean, Matt Quill does fin- incredible work all three seasons, but I think this season he's even taking it up even a higher notch. Because if you, you're talking about that scene. Yeah. I mean, just take away from the dialogue and the buildup that he was putting in, in there. It was perfect. And even before that, because we, I, I don't know if we were going to go back and talk about that whole scene with Edward Alderson and young Angela oh, yes, and they the mom. Talk about that. that gives so much richness to everything. This is, okay, when you're a kid, your first year, eight years of your life, what's developed most is your subconscious. Whatever happens there in mo- her mom's speech to young Angela. Yeah. And that was unearthed at the end of season two with White Rose bringing that up. I can bring your mom back. In this, I, I think I even wrote the line that we're going to see each other again, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's where. So now we it, it gives so much, so much, uh, I mean, so much depth to why Angela's doing what she is doing. It She's really a full does. Zone <laughs> now. But I was just like looking at Angela's mom during that scene, and I, I don't know. I mean, she was sick, but I she sounded like a crazy lady. Like I feel like if I mean, if you're a daughter, you know, a little eight year old girl watching, listening to her mom, you're believing everything. But like as a grown up, you're seeing the scene, and I feel like the mom's like, "Why are you putting these ideas in your daughter's head?" Like I don't know. It, it just seemed really. It, well, it seemed fantastical. We, like oh, you know, I'm gonna see you again, and we're fine. And you know. So where do you fall in line in that? Is it does does Angela's mom did she know something, or was this just a mom encouraging her daughter to be you know I'm, or maybe she fine. was just like losing her mind at the end I don't know am I, I being but too those cynical? are the well, well, here's first off, it's been long it's been long said about by many theologians or at least um, theologians I don't know how you pronounce that word I've never pronounced that word before religious <laughs> scholars religious scholars and also just like layman's religious scholars that. Part of why we believe in an afterlife is that you don't want to tell a person that's going to die that there will be nothingness. And I think it goes the opposite way, too, of a mother a mother facing the end of their life and looking at a child. That Whether you believe it or not, and I'm not saying, like, I genuinely <laughs> feel that Angela's mother believed this, but I think there's a high level to it that's just, like, she was like, "This isn't the end," um, but yeah. she said it with such um, certainty. But like, like I'm not, it was a fact. I'm not gonna tell a child that I'm not gonna tell a child that I'm going to my light will be extinguished and that's it. Mm-hmm. 
That's all life maybe, is. Why I would you th- tell a child that? I think that? I'm just in a different school for thought because in my head, it's like you're giving this child false hope. How is she ever going to grieve and really move on if she's thinking, oh, I'm going to see my mom again? Mm-hmm. And then, and again, now this is clearly part of what's driven Angela to be a part of this crazy idea is that she really believes that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, there's two schools of thought where you could just be brutally honest with like, yes, I'm dying. I'm moving on. You know, yeah. or no, it, you know, you're going to see me again. But just the scene, I mean, even with what Edward was speaking to young Angela yeah. to get her to talk to his daughter, there was so much in there as, as well. I mean, yeah, it, he asked her, he was like, Will you be there for Elliot? I think that he needs a push. And he, he brought him back to the future again. Because if that was if, in the TV screen, yep, correct. Watching. The Back yep. to the Future cartoon. Funny story, season one, episode one, she's holding, I believe it was Back to the Future 2, but they clearly weren't a popular TV show. It was a pilot, Mm -hmm. so they had a mocked-up cover Mm -hmm. that it wasn't the actual Back to the Future, and we fast-forward now, and it's actually the Back to the Future cartoon, copyrighted material in the show. Because it's easier to get copyrighted material in your show if people know what your show is. Yeah, now everyone wants to be part of the the Robot Nation. No, but... What he told her, when he brought up the enchantment of the sea dance, and if Mm -hmm. Marty didn't push, you know, his dad... all their future would have been different. It would have been altered their whole history. And that's what I think he was getting to Angela that came into fruition in that later scene that you're mm-hmm. talking about. She had to push Elliot to see it through, to see the yeah. plan through. If not, it's going to alter what White Rose and what Angela believed to be true. And I think that there was so much context in that. And the funny thing, I don't know if you guys caught the tapes on top of the TV. What was that? There were videotapes on the TV, and they had pump up the volume. Yep. Christian Slater, and they had um, <laughs> she's out of control. Tony Danza movie. Okay. Okay, you're a big deal, Tony Danza. But who's in it? Wallace Shawn. Who's Wallace Shawn? He was the guy in episode three with Tyrell giving the interrogation scene. Oh, I love that. That's just them having some fun. We yeah, can't. But, but they, I know, I know, no, I know that. But that's the beauty of the show. Yeah. Unless Tony Danza shows up next season, which <gasps> oh my god, bring it. Thank Why not? You. <laughs> that would be awesome to have Tony but he needs to, but he needs to he needs to possibly be someone's boss but nobody knows and everyone's asking if he is or isn't the boss Stop. I'm sorry guys um, and then in this also flashback scene they mentioned that um, there is an anonymous benefactor yes that was trying to help their case. It's the same female attorney that Angela was working with back in season one um, so I mean this anonymous benefactor are we who do we think it is I mean, there's White Rose, obviously. White Rose is the obvious choice. I think Price, Price makes sense to me that maybe he's how gro- that maybe he's grooming. He was involved in this, and maybe he's somehow grooming Angela for this task, or just he genuinely he or White or Price on the orders of White Rose. Because it seems like this anonymous benefactor was helping with her legal case, which would be against. E-Corp, so, you know. Mm. Was it the legal case or was it the medical bill? Uh, medical bills both, just like uh, I thought it was more Alderson. Than, I thought it was more the medical bills than the legal okay. case. Because that's what happened to Edward as well. He was there, His bills were taken care of as well. I guess I thought it was the attorney because otherwise why would, it, why would it be an attorney telling them that? Why wouldn't it just be like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's Price. An insurance person. Who do, chat roll, who do you think it is? Fans, who do you think the, the anonymous benefactor is? That is the question. Um, I saw a couple of votes Price already. Um, yeah. One vote, not not White Rose. Someone else? Yeah. I've seen it. Uh, Liberty Littman in the chat. It's not White Rose. So like, there's a bit of that going down in the chat. Um, okay. And then what if it's like Tyrell? 
Ooh. I know he's no, not. Wait, wait, I know. No, I know. timeline that doesn't. That's, he has like, really know, good but that's, skin, that's, but he's that's not, the, he's that's not that the old. point. It would be another timeline. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Little oh, too oh, time traveling Tyrell. Alliterative time traveling Tyrell. I mean, they're bending time here. Yeah. Okay. There might oh. be. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, what was I going to say? <laughs> yeah. um, Angela, again, with her confrontation, the confrontation Elliot, she, I felt like towards the end she just got really cold. Like, he, I feel like, was still searching for her to still be his friend somehow and see reason. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, people are going to die. And she's just like, stone cold. <laughs> like, no, this is it. This is happening. Here's the cool thing about our show is that we have no ties. We have no sponsors, in a sense. So you can go off the rabbit hole. And what if we were yeah. to play with the idea how Angela always has these odd pauses. And she referred to him as Mr. Alderson. Could it have been just yeah. she drawing the line? Or could, I hate to say this, if I get hate mail, I do. What if... Angela has an altar of her own. Huh. Of her mom. <laughs> He's leaving. <laughs> Steve takes off his headphones. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just to throw it out there. You no, know? I like that. I mean, okay, so when I first saw it, I took it as like, oh, you know, she's treating him as just another employee. He doesn't work there. I thought that was a power play of just, yeah. I did what I did. I did what I did and I don't care. But then also, you know, we had just seen the scene of her with Mr. Alderson, her, his father. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not even sure what the link is there, but mm. um, that's Ace, what she would call. I mean, Ace Skynet's on your sad. train, by the way. That I'm on the I'm on the train that Angela has a Mr. Robot, and it's her mom. Mm. I mean, because we could say that even we haven't seen huh. White Rose this season. We've seen uh, Minister Jean, but yeah. we have not seen White Rose at all. So that is true. That's actually a good. Yep. That's actually a good time to jump into White Rose and Price. Yep. <laughs> Whew. Stuff went down. It's almost as awkward as our panel sometimes. So they were hanging out at the Mar-a-Lago, <laughs> um, which is, you know... It's Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, uh, Trump hangs out there a lot, and it's been in the news this year that His he there, yeah. was, you know, openly discussing, you know, mm. intelligence just at this country club with people around with an earshot. Um, so obviously that was a purposeful choice that they made there. Well, and it's also... White Rose has clearly picked, in this timeline, White Rose has clearly picked yeah. Trump as the candidate to back to become president, which, I mean, good for good for the writers to be able to, like, pick a time. Like, I don't think this would be as powerful if it were Hillary. Like, I don't think they, I don't think yeah. they would have went there, whereas because it's Trump now that they're very much like, no, White Rose backed Trump. He's using, he's using all of his power and influence, which seems limitless at yeah. some, at times. To actually back Trump and to put him in Mar-a-Lago is a good, a good um, choice. They mentioned that the the uh, um, acquisition of Congo went through, which yep. we saw at the end of last season. But I made a note that they pointed out that the U.S. abstained from the vote. So China got the votes, but that's with the U.S. abstaining. So it's not like the U.S. offered support for it. It just didn't stop it from happening, which I think is interesting. Okay. That's, uh, but that also feels like something the U.S. would do. That feels like something minor enough to the U.S. interest. That they would very much like. We don't have an opinion either way on well, this. Well, I mean, obviously, um, Price had to do with that. Yeah, I mean, they the might Price have was able to lobby them. No, that's the point where he got them to. Price was able to lobby against a no vote. What this scene I thought was weird was towards the end. He, um, they, Price makes a joke about hanging brain, and then White Rose laughs a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I'm like, that joke wasn't funny. And they like lingered on them laughing for a while and it felt weird and I was almost like, why are they... I think there this has was... to be a point there. It was a weird joke for them oh. to like crack up. Like this was, you know... This actually reminded me a bit of... Well, Farrell, I don't know. In, in the 
in the wrestling world, it's called kayfabe. That because um, in pro wrestling versus any mm-hmm. other TV show you watch, you're, you're not supposed to know that their actors playing a role. So much so that it's still well defined in that universe. That you're not supposed to go to a Denny's and see Brock Lesnar and Goldberg sitting at the same table. If they just fought, and right. just jovially laughing like they don't like they were just on. If one was just on TV saying they wanted to kill him and his family, yeah. I think this this is what this this is what the White Rose Price stuff felt tonight like to me. Okay. Where it was very much like oh they're just in on it, and and at least in this moment because it was before White Rose really moved forward with with stage two and like kind of messed up on price. So, like, they're breaking kayfabe. Yeah, they're breaking kayfabe, that there's a level of, there's a level of, like, oh, they're just in on it together. Like, kind of, like, kind of, like, to bring it back to Donald Trump, like, the fact that you talk, everyone talks about, like, Trump and the New York elite, and then they're like, Hillary, and I'm like, Hillary was at Donald Trump's wedding. They are both New York elite. Like, there's that level of behind the curtain, they're both kind of back there laughing at us. That's how this felt to me. I like that. I actually like that. I never thought of it that way. You know, I just thought it was two incredibly powerful men who were socially awkward at the time yeah. and trying they to fill are. the air. But I like that. I like that explanation. Because There's an extra right. level of, like, they're both from the same club of the super powerful. Yeah. And it's, that's the room. And, and that's how they behave in that room. And they're, they're adversaries in front of other people yeah. outside that room. Right. It's almost, uh, what is it, like, if you're picking what... Uh, two sides of a feather or something it's still the same bird or something it's uh, it's a political... birds of a, it's birds of a feather are flocking together that if they're right. both super rich if they're both both super rich super powerful people they could only possibly deviate from each other so much yeah they're both awkward in that or detached even from regular human interactions that they found this really weird joke to be so funny that i think most people wouldn't it's almost like they don't they're not even used to humor yep um but also, yeah. also, there's a lot of room in the chat. The, the the hanging, the comment, and the long linger on the laughter was also that they both were united in their hatred of Trump or their lack of respect for for Donald Trump because that's who the joke was about. Yeah, there's also that level too. But I think the fact that them in a pow- two powerful men in a powerful room just laughing, like yeah. like it's not about to go down. Yeah, it's almost uh, well, let's say when they had the shrimp cocktail party and they made the decision for uh, Washington Township. Yep. Same thing. But yeah. Um, yeah. That was, yeah, that's a without, callback. Without, without getting where we're going to end, I think that's all we can really talk about with White Rose and Price. Let's talk about the, I would say, the main portion of the show, which hmm. or the main portion of the episode, which is Elliot Robot. And Elliot trying to undo what Mr. Robot keeps yeah. doing. And they keep kind of switching back and forth between each other. Someone in the chat uh, last time we were here talked a lot about how Elliot at this point was kind of the Grey Hulk. Because mm. there's different iterations of 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 the Hulk. Sometimes Banner has complete control and can turn in and out of the Hulk effortlessly. Sometimes the Hulk becomes the Hulk and stays there forever. And then sometimes there's levels of like the Gray Hulk where they really, really Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, like fight for power of the yeah. vessel. Yeah, control of the vessel. This was the first time we saw it portrayed this way. Yes. So Elliot breaks into the building and he's like right there about to stop you know, it from exploding, you know, by putting whatever code in. Then all of a sudden he's back in the cap. Like, he loses five minutes of Mm -hmm. whatever consciousness happened. He tries to go back in and then he loses two minutes and he's keeping track of it all. But that was like the first time we've seen that disconnect and the glitches and we hear it and like just the fade to black. I don't know. It was a really great technique. I felt like I was in it and I was like tripping out like, oh my gosh, he's going (laughs) to get it in time. It was really good. It was also a good misdirect too because as we know, the episode ends. Like, we really thought that 
whatever was going down, Elliot could stop it if it weren't just for Mr. Robot. Yeah. Where that was never the case. Like, this was all kind of MacGuffin, which, on a lesser show, I think I say that sometimes on this after show, where I say, a lesser show, this would be such subterfuge as MacGuffin, because it would be about, is Elliot going to overcome Mr. Robot? And it's never... It's never, like, this show is where it's about, like, is Elliot going to overcome his literal demons? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, his literal problems. And that's actually what we care about. Like, we don't know the people in these 71 buildings as an audience. We Mm -hmm. actually don't care about them. We care about Elliot. We care about Angela. We care about Darlene. We care about everyone in the show. So I think this is really well done that we think we care about the plot device. We actually care about two characters His for the price of one. being able to overcome yeah. himself, mm-hmm. essentially. And then I also wanted to point in the scene right before his first blackout where he's about to push the button, he's behind, there's like a blue turquoise wall behind him, there's a fish painted right. in. Um, mm. And I wanted to point it out because oh, yes. someone point, uh, pointed this out on Twitter too because I was like, what does this mean? We've seen fish before and then um, someone mentioned how fish um, in dreams mean like something about like subconscious being, like fighting like what's real and what's not, which is sort of yep. what's happening with him, which I thought was really cool and then once he goes back into the he wakes up essentially in the taxi there's fish in the taxi as well what did you which also is a go- weird choice yeah like it's a very obvious choice to have fish in a taxi <laughs> but it's funny you, you bring up the fish idea and it made me also think about weren't Elliot Mr. Robot being fished for oh. from Dark Army and White Rose mm-hmm. yes so that's I, that's so there's so many interpretations of it and this episode that's Okay, would we say which episode was had more stakes? This one, I think, besides you know the the one before, but there was just just the pacing of it, how it was intercutting from back and forth, back and forth. That's what I love the most. What I liked the least of this episode was when Robot and Elliot would switch, mm-hmm. because if it was Robot, Robot could have he could have run to the police. He said, "I'm I'm you know I'm about to blow up a building. I've done this. Shackle me. Do something." You know, Robot could have stopped Elliot. Do you think so? Because no, I feel sure. like you know, well, what we learn, what we learn is that it's more important, and maybe Robot knew this. I don't know if he actually did, but I think it's more important that Elliot Elliot chases his tail. Yeah. Because if he goes to the police, there's the possibility he can actually tell the police and give them some way to actually stop what's happening. True. Whereas I think if Robot is cognizant of the entire plan and Elliot isn't, Robot knows I as one half of a dog need to make the other half chase the first yeah. half. Like we I literally need to make Elliot chase his tail, which is me, until all this happens. And I feel you like mentioned that Mr. in the dialogue. Robot actually. isn't the kind of person who would go to the police. That's not his style. His That's style it. it would be to beat up himself, which is Elliot, which they do. And I feel like those scenes were amazing. Like in the hallway, <sighs> him literally just flinging himself against the wall, uh, against doors. Like <laughs> Did you laugh at any of those? I, it was, was just, it was fun. I I, I did. <laughs> laughing but I was just like okay oh my gosh um again props to Rami Malik he just like went all out this episode like let me just like kill myself essentially which is what you know Mr. Robot and Elliot are like trying to do it was um it was good also shout out to Dillaman 8 he's in our yes. chat he was also the person who sent us the fish information on Twitter uh, cool also our chat is just lit as always boycott 78 the artist phenomenal classic 93 a sky knight Sky Knight, yes. I don't know why I was about to say Skynet. That's not your name. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of good folks in the chat. Um, I think I'm going to get into a show on history that I'm really excited for. 
critically acclaimed series Vikings will premiere with a two-hour season premiere airing Wednesday, November 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Time, and Pacific Time because it's a it's a cable network. They sure. do it both ways. Season five begins with Ivar the Boneless asserting his leadership over the great heathen army, while Lagartha reigns the queen of Kedaga. I'm gonna go with Kedaga. K T T E G A T. Ivar's murder of his brother Sigurd sets the stage for vicious battles to come as Ragnar's sons plot their next moves after avenging their father's death. Bjorn follows his destiny to the Mediterranean Sea and Floki, I'll go Floki, (laughs) who is suffering the loss of his wife Helga, takes to the seas submitting himself to the will of the gods. This season is full of starting alliances and unbelievable betrayals as the Vikings fight to rule the world. I know... I know I was a little all over the place with the names, but I'm actually really excited for this show. No, this I'm is like a lot happening. I, I want to call you Steven Skarsgård after that, you know? I mean, you, you've got all the pronunciations down. I, yeah. I can't take that. No, this is actually a really great show. I'm not caught up, but I've seen a couple of episodes, and it's really, I think it's good. A lot of really meaty, hunky men. I actually interviewed Clive Standen, who's um, on the show a while ago, and he was so nice. and. Jonathan Ray's Felt Myers. like a Viking. Jonathan Ray's Myers, he's joining this cast. Ooh. That's cool. And this, this season five is ten episodes. On just like another show people here may be familiar with, Mr. Robot, 10 episodes. I'm a, I'm a big fan of a 10-episode season. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like, 22? Like, like, I don't I don't know how I feel about 22, but... I, I, it just depends on the show. But definitely all those characters this I just talked about... 22 makes me happy. We'll talk. Um, <laughs> but who will rise among all those names I just said? Gotta tune into history and find out. And check out our after show right after. Yes. There you go. Do that. And Great. Let's get into Dom, the FBI, Santiago, kind of, uh, things. <laughs> what was that? It verbalized the, ugh. Just, I like, kind of verbalized how I feel for Dom that, like, we've been saying this for, I've been saying this for a season and a half where it's, like, at some point, we're, this is how you lose FBI agents. <laughs> um, I was just happy because she didn't listen to, um, what's Santiago? his name? Santiago. Um, when he, I, I just felt like very blatantly is trying to like shut it down. I don't know. I mean, I guess I see it, but it's just like, really? Um, and then she's like, let's go get lunch. And then kind of just does her own thing, trying to figure out where Tyrell is. That's a, that's a perfect scene right there. The turn. That is literally the turn with like, I've, I've read on some of the reviews. It's like Tarantino-esque dialogue, making them go into lunch. And you got the music going to yeah. It's perfect. I, I absolutely love the turn. But other than that, I mean... I, the only thing I read from that scene was basically the, I guess, the humanizing of Santiago when he called his mother. I think okay. they were trying to humanize the character, what his motives are, what does Dark Army have on him, you know, why is he doing this? I think it, it was their attempt to kind of humanize him, I guess. But other than that, I, I'm just glad Dom finally, you know, sniffed that red wheelbarrow sauce. Which, by the way, they got the lunch that you really wanted, um, Angela, and to have. <laughs> I definitely agree. They got yeah. the launch they really wanted. I also want to say, um, if they had been listening to this after show, they'd be aware that there's obviously something up, Dark Army-wise, next to the Red Wheelbarrow Cafe. Because some of us have already been in the room, been interrogated by the Dark <laughs> Army guy. It was right next to the Red Wheelbarrow Cafe. It just happened to be in San Diego. That's going to be for our after-after show. Yes, the after-the-show, where we recap the after-show. And talk about Steven's interrogation with uh, the FBI. But yeah, anything else from that with Dom? I mean, there was so much. I mean, with the intercutting, I almost, I almost want to jump to the Tyrell because I have a, okay. I have a thing about Tyrell here. 
Let's hear mm. it. I mean, because everyone's trying to figure out what his motive was. You know, what was, what was going on to Tyrell and Irving? Who thought Irving was going to kill Tyrell when that scene happened and you see him just, just rise up against Tyrell? And he, mm-hmm. he, I thought for a second when he went to, the, to his uh, blazer pocket, he's going to pull out a gun, yep. pulls out an envelope, and he had us to the very end. But I'm thinking, we, we forget a few episodes ago when we went to like White Rose's Necker Island. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said when he wanted to push up Trump, he also said we need to rehabilitate Tyrell's image. Yeah. So all of this stuff that we see in that note that we don't know what's in that note, I think that's the plan to get Tyrell clean. Which well, he burned. I was I, in the moment. Well, I he was, was supposed so. To. In, he was supposed to. That, that yeah. was his instruction. But I do. Well, he didn't read it. So we're on the Tyrell. We can talk about it. Um, he mean, read may, it. No, he definitely read it. Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, he read I it and then burned it. Scene, maybe I, I. I saw that scene that he didn't even open it. He just burned it and then kind of like saying, "F you, I'm not going to stick to this plan." I saw it. That's completely. how I saw it. I thought he read it and then burned it. Like yeah. that, the idea that you need to did we take ever in actually this... see him open it and read it? I'm, I thought he did. Yeah. No, I swear. I promise. I thought Man, that you're Mandeling us in the show because I'm questioning. I swear questioning. that I took because I was we're annoyed. False, that you're it, false. You're false. Remembering she's she's a plant. Leslie is a plant from the studio. <laughs> no, okay. So Leslie was sad. I was gonna say because you know he's saying where's Joanna? Where's my flight? And then Irving's just like. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I and if anything, that moment I think humanized Irving a little bit because I mm. he says I'm sorry, and I felt like he actually meant it there. Like he actually feels bad for Tyrell, who is slowly realizing that he probably lost everything. And I felt like in that moment, Tyrell, instead of going along with the plan, burned the envelope as a way of defiance. But maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. That's um, how I interpreted that. Three, decision. three, three votes in the chat that he saw it. Yeah, okay. I think but, on and the one verge. vote that and one vote I don't remember him. I don't actually remember him reading it. That might be a thing that maybe because now that I think about it, I don't actually remember him physically reading it, but I do remember him opening the envelope. I believe because it's been so many days. And this since is you how saw this? and this is literally because I've talked about this last week. This is actually what the Mandela effect does. It's a way to fa- implant a false memory. So who knows? We'll watch the episode. We'll run the tape like back. Like the Sopranos finale, but anyway. That's another thing. We'll run the tape back, but yeah. Martin Wallstrom said on The Verge, I believe he alluded to the fact that because they asked him is in that letter, they really pressed him on it that if he found out if, if Joanna was killed and it was, you know, what happened to his family. And he, he, he played coy, but it seemed like th- that it wasn't told in that letter. I don't it think was it was else. told in that letter. I don't think he would have went along with whatever that plan was in right. that letter because that plan would have been the overarching plan. I don't think he would have done any of that if he had known that they let his wife die and let him move forward with all of this. But it, and it all fits in a sense because it makes him seem like he was the guy, originally he was the one that was going to be planted with all of this stuff. That's why he ran out. That's why he was shackled. That's why, maybe, maybe remember he dislocated his thumb the last time he was arrested, when he was arrested. Of course. So it's going to still have markings of that perhaps? Um, hmm. you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really grasping for straws here, but I really, I'm really tying, my, I'm hanging my hat on that statement from White Rose a few weeks ago that we need to rehabilitate Tyrell's image. Um, and in regards to backing a presidential candidate, that the point, the thought would be that if you catch Tyrell now while the walls are closing in any way, his trial will be public mm-hmm. and it won't happen until in another president's taken place, a president you can probably get leverage over who you can then get to pardon Tyrell and then change the narrative to hmm. B59 wasn't actually Tyrell it was Trenton yeah anyone any of the people who are already dead I think if you want to go that route that's that's what I would think it is okay that seems I don't want to say that feels like a stretch but I do think there's something interesting to the fact that the plan was 
burn the place to the ground, run, and then get arrested publicly. Get arrested very publicly. Mm -hmm. But I do think get arrested very publicly is a big part of it. Because had Dom caught him there and then had and then brought him into the FBI, if a there's a chance the FBI will just let him go, and then it won't fit the narrative they want. But b there's an even bigger chance that it'll go high enough that he'll get arrested, get detained, and then get tried by a military tribunal, and they're not going to say that they caught him. Because that's something they might like for the number one terrorist in the world, unless unless he's caught very publicly, there's a good chance. Hmm. Here, on the flip of that, though, if you think about it, let's just entertain the thought that let's say he did find out that his wife was murdered, and that's why yeah. Irving was apologizing. Then that would be given the impetus to run out and just uh, you know admit to everything. You know, that's what I thought happened. It's a you know stop the attack, stop the attack, because he has nothing. He's nothing. There's yep. nothing. His life is pretty much done. Well, yeah, possibly. I don't. See, I'm just I'm just giving you everyone the options of kind of what yeah. I saw. I, I trust me, that's brilliant filmmaking right here because we still don't know. Also, Ace Skynet in the chat brings up a good point that I bet the FBI is going to tell him his wife is dead. So maybe that's a thing he had to move forward with. Mm-hmm. That I don't they would have rather they put in the letter. I mean, they also or they know the his... FBI would tell him after he does what does, does exactly because what the they FBI him to. did put his kid in social services. Maybe they will say that she is in. You know, witness protection as well, in order to get him to maybe. Actually, you're right. The FBI might not tell him. Like that, that wouldn't be the most important thing for them to actually tell him. Yeah. Right. right. Um, man, I'm trying to think. Anything else we can talk about with Tyrell before we jump into the? Yeah. Well, not with Tyrell. Okay, then then we got to talk about the buildings, and then that'll lead us pretty steadily into predictions. But the buildings, the the takedown, the what stage two actually is so versus El- what we thought it was. Elliot was able to stop. We thought for a minute that he was victorious. He stopped the attack on this specific building. And then it turns out that, you know, this was just one of 72. Yeah. That was the full force of the Dark Army that Tyrell asked about a few weeks privy, uh, previously. Yes. That's, that's exactly what that was. That was his plan all along. And um, shoot, I lost my train of thought on this one. because there's just, Oh, the buildup of the scenes themselves. Because you're so happy that Elliot... Yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you know, it was... It felt very much like a season finale out of any episode. I don't, you didn't feel that? I, that's Those what are I strange finale. Like, I felt for like this show, yeah. Just the way the, the way the episode was paced, and oh, I, you know, I, I beat the boogeyman, I did it, I did it, and that was short-lived. Mm-hmm. And just right then and there, it just pulls the rug from underneath you once again. Once again, White Rose is ahead of you again. Because even um, as he's coming out and he's seeing people's faces, I felt like in the audience and the way they captured it was so great. We don't know what's going on either. We're right there with Elliot. Like, what are people looking at? What's on their phones? Why are their faces like this? So that whole, the way it unfolded was really cool. And I felt like, just backtracking a little bit, the whole scene with him and Mr. Robot, how he was able to convince Mr. Robot that, you know, no, actually, the Dark Army... White Rose, whatever, is actually, like, they're playing you. Yeah. And these, they're empty. And in my head, I was like, is he just saying this to trick him, to make him go look? But then, it I mean, it appeared to be so. And then, so, like you said, they got fished. Um, just that whole twist, but then you're like, oh, you know, but he was able to figure it out. But no, he, he still, like, you know what I mean? Like, you think yeah. he figured them out, but then there was still so much more to the picture that we didn't even foresee. So we definitely think... The plan was always to take down 72 buildings? Or do we think Elliot inadvertently weeks ago when he decided to ship the paper records all over, he thought he was doing a good enough thing that he was going to stop it when really they were that much ahead of him? Yeah, I'm going with the latter. That it was, had he done nothing, 
they would have only blew up one building with X amount of people in it. Whereas now they blew up 71. Okay, and a deeper philosophical... I don't know. I, okay, I think they always knew that. But here's the thing. Let's entertain if it is... Let's, let's get inside of Angela's head. If we're to do this, then this is all for naught. Because in a sense, we're under the assumption via Angela that we're all coming back. Because White Rose is going to manipulate... T- yes. Supposedly. See, that, that's, where, that's where it gets a little deeper. Hmm. So is it okay that we blew up all these buildings? Well, no. If we're going to, if we're going according to White Rose's plan, you know what else? But we don't. We have not seen whatever I Angela know. saw. Also, IMDb should be able to tell me, and I'm sorry I didn't look it up. But if the if the actress who played it, like child Angela today is the same actress from season two, she is. She is. She's the same actress. Okay, then that kind of proves literally like. I'm a confirmed Catholic, and my my saint is Thomas, who literally needed to see Jesus come back. So there's actually a certain level of this with me. So that's the same actress. Yeah. So we've seen it with our own eyes. Exact same actress. Mm. That's okay. I'm a little more on board. I was going to say, now that I'm thinking about it, you were saying how White Rose said we need to um, change up Tyrell's image. What was the word? Rehabilitate. Rehabilitate his image. What if this is also a way to rehabilitate Ecor's image? Because now they're going to have, like, all this sympathy. You know, like, all of these Ecor employees died. They were attacked. They were the victims of this attack. It might also be a way to rehabilitate their image as opposed to being this huge, powerful conglomerate to now, like, oh, we need to send them our support. You know, they suffered this great loss. Um, This all feels prediction-y, so let's just, let's okay, just play let's that so okay. we can get into it. Um. All right. Music. So for the yeah. predictions. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, just so we can run down the board a little. So Angela has seen what we've seen, which is that White Rose somehow controls time, or has some kind of lock in how something, it works. There's something. He has some type of, he, she has, White Rose, sorry, she has mm-hmm. some type of control over time that is proven to Angela. Angela is following him. Anyone who's under him that he's shown, he's presumably shown this to, or they believe him. Like, I don't think Irving has actually seen anything. I think Irving just believes him. So that plan actually has some legs. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that Tyrell being in police custody at the same time of these buildings, screaming in front of a town square, we need to stop the this attack, leads him to be able to somehow spin, rehabilitation-wise, that he has been the scapegoat and the prisoner of the Dark Army, and that E-Corp is the victim of a terrorist attack by the Dark Army. So that it's you can essentially rehabilitate both images. Yeah. Now, now E-Corp is the victim and Tyrell is the victim and Dark Army and whoever they can pick as a fall guy within Dark Army are actually the villains. I think we're going to okay. find out. In the, uh, well, I, I read the synopsis for tomorrow's episode mm-hmm. and it seems like it's Angela, I believe it's something like Angela puts the, pushes the reset clock again and again. Mm-hmm. Angela goes back. I don't know what that means. Oh, wow. Ooh. I don't hmm. know what that means because I know it's, it's, uh, it's titled Frederick and Tanya. 
And those are the those are the aliases for uh, Mobley and Trenton. Oh, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be. And if you saw the previews, it's uh, it looks like they're back in the desert. So we're gonna be going to that Phoenix, uh, was it that Fry's in Arizona, and we're gonna find out what's going on Mobley and Trenton. And I remember Trenton said at the end of the last season that she had a way to bring things back. And I don't know if that's the decryption. Yep. And so, so that so we're gonna find out a lot there. That so that's I, I think that's what I'm re- really excited for. That is cool. And um, and going with what you guys are saying about E Corp, it can go both ways. Emotionally, I think we're yes we were hit emotionally by their buildings, and that's gonna help. That's gonna hit us in an emotional center. But fiscally, that's what I'm concerned about because of E Coin. It's yeah, a, it's so it's, it's the company is already destabilized. Yeah, and it's a strike current, like this, and, and it's a currency backed by a bank, so it's literally nothingness. So who's going to come actually in? Just China? like ours, China might come in. I think to if, save if, and make them even stronger. But like, I think White Rose's plan was to destroy the U.S. dollar, and in turn, because Ecoin is a U.S. bank, like to destroy the Ecoin so that we all rely on Bitcoin. And then I think White Rose is trying to gain as much Bitcoin as as she can to then destroy Bitcoin, so we all divulge into anarchy and turn to her. Okay. I think, and which I is tied into the Congo. The, that's tied into the Congo because you need the minerals to get either super, super compute. The resources you find there are for supercomputing. So whatever that is. Also, there's a lot of talk in the chat about my theory that White Rose probably doesn't manipulate time so much as she manipulates memories. Okay. So the fact that we're seeing the same actress only actually means that White Rose was able to manipulate Angela's memory of who she was. Okay. I did want to say um, one of my predictions, and I think we got a little bit of that in this episode, is we're going to see Elliot working with Mr. Robot. Um, I That was one of my favorite parts of this episode, just their mm. back and forth and them putting the puzzle together. I feel like, you know, especially Mr. Robot isn't going to be super happy of the fact that, you know, this was his initial idea and it was sort of hijacked from him, turned into something else. So I feel like we're going to see them working together. And I think it's funny because it's this just big global conspiracy plan, but this one person with this dual personality, I feel like could really put a chink in whatever plan is going to unfold. I feel like that's going to be cool. And I still don't think Tyrell is going to stay a soldier or whatever in the Dark Army plan. I think, right, I I mean, because he has nothing to, I mean, nothing to do it for anymore. I think he's realized that maybe he's lost his family, so I feel like maybe he's going to work with the FBI, but he's not going to be, like, serving them anymore. But I think them cutting him loose, feeling that way, is is the plan. Okay. Because now he's going to, he's going to cooperate with the FBI, and the FBI, which is half, half in the bag for them anyway, and the other half, Tyrell can't really help them. Yeah. So I think that's actually a dead end. It's kind of MacGuffin. Um, there's a lot of talk about MacGuffin and this bag. We're never going to know what's in this What's in this barbecue bag. It's going to haunt you for years. It's a pulled pork sandwich, guys. <laughs> I'm just going to say it right now. It's a pulled pork sandwich. Do you guys have any other predictions before we head on out of here? Um, nah, I'm good. But this was, we had a, was a lot, lot going to down. talk about. Yeah. I hate to say it's the best episode I've seen. And I keep saying that this season. I, so what does that say about this season? They're all the best episodes for me. I <laughs> I enjoy the story as a whole, which is a cop out. It's just a straight up cop out. I don't want to have a favorite episode. I do yeah. like I like everything. Yeah. <laughs> Except when I don't and then I say it. But like I enjoyed this episode a lot. I but it, they seem to be ramping up. Yeah. In a way that like and I think we talked a lot in season two where there was some lackluster not episodes, but there were some lackluster moments in mm-hmm. season two that are really paying off now. 
That's why they were created, and that's coupled with what Leslie said at the end about the merging of Elliot and Mr. Robot. Because yeah. ultimately, Esmail, he doesn't, he They're cares about team. the story. Yes. But he cares most about the characters, and he said that time and time again. Yeah. So the fact that you saw that, I, I think And when your story real. is that deep, you only should worry about your characters, because the story's good. Yeah. Yeah. And Elliot's basically been portrayed by everyone close to it, so he kind of only has Mr. Robot now. It's just them two. Yeah. If you think about it. I dig that. That's a good place to leave us. No. JC. Where can the people find you on social media? You can follow me at JC Rubio TV on Instagram and the Twitter. Thanks, guys. Thanks for waiting for us. And you got an announcement and too. And the Twitter. Remember? Oh, I yeah. I love that. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me uh, at Leslie Face on Instagram and the Twitter. Stop saying that. And you guys can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. Uh, you can find us this time next Tuesday due to the holiday yep. where we're going to discuss episode seven yes i had to look at the board there was a lot to talk about (laughs) but until then goodbye friend and thank you bye from executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire afterbuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the afterbuzz tv network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions be sure to visit afterbuzztv.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.